doctors don't do this kind of test because it's not diagnostic for a disease, but there are key nutrients that your mitochondria need to be able to make energy. So if you are driving off of caffeine and you are feeling in the slumps and nothing is working, it is so important to look at what key nutrients are you missing that maybe we can actually look at your mitochondria and see if they're, they're slowing down and being able to take your calories and create energy. Gina Warfel is a rock star of a dietitian and an expert on the emotional connection we have with our body and our food. I know from personal experience that the better we understand these elements, the better they can be working for us and not against us. Gina is a wealth of knowledge on nutrition and how to properly fuel our minds and bodies based on lab results and not generalized blanket approaches. Gina and I are already planning a very unique part two episode that I will be announcing the details of soon. There's a ton of valuable information in this episode, so you might want to grab a pen. Hope you enjoy. If you like what we are doing with the entrepreneurial hierarchy of needs and want to show some support, the best way to show us some love is to subscribe and leave an honest review. We also have a Facebook group where we continue these types of conversations and offer so much more for all of our continued growth. I can't wait to see you in there. Make sure to see the show notes for details. My name is Tim Palladino, and this is the Entrepreneurial Hierarchy of Needs podcast. Hey, Gina, thank you so much for being here. Um, we were just talking a second ago about assessing ourselves, right? And getting to know ourselves and, and really know what we're working with before we do, start doing the work. Right. I, if that's what it's all about. Like so many people are feeling really frustrated that they're trying so many different things for their health. Like, why is my energy, why does my energy suck? Or why mm. is it that I try something and I like cannot lose a pound or, you know, why am I doing what all of the latest, why am I intermittent fasting and it's not working? Mm. Why, like, why am I doing all of these things? And, and I just don't understand. And so it's really about like your health is the relationship with you and your body. It's like you getting to know yourself on a deeper level. And so that is what like everything that I do is based around. Yeah, that, that's, and it's so true too, because we've been um, kind of conditioned over years and years to take a, a holistic approach and not necessarily in a good way, in the way where if it works for most, it should work for you. And yeah. I think we're kind of outgrowing that. Yeah. And I, I totally get that. I mean, I, I've been there where I felt like my only hope was to just try and do what everybody else was doing and, and to see yeah. if that works. And you're just, you're just kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? And I get that, especially if anyone is in that entrepreneur lifestyle where you're really stressed and it creates this, like sucks you up from your body up into your head. And you're thinking mm -hmm. about all the things that you have to do and maybe things that you're worried about, or you're planning for, and you're managing, you're putting out fires and you're sucked up into your brain and it's gets really confusing and difficult to understand like what is my body communicating to me and i definitely hit that about about 4 years ago i was in that position of way up drawn up into my head managing stress up in my head and i had like these stress hormones just running the show like they basically mm. took over my body and they were like triggering cravings it was shifting my body to like gain weight and I was like just so, felt so not connected to my body and then also not really understanding like why is my metabolism slowing down and like why does my energy even though I'm taking a multivitamin or a b-complex because people mm. tell me that it's good for my energy why do I feel like I'm just if I go without caffeine, I'm done. And, and caffeine wasn't even working, you know, like yeah. if you hit that point where 
you are just relying and fueling off of caffeine and it's not even, you know, you're still, you're struggling, you're still slumping. That's a problem. And I was, I was there, I was like trying to live off of caffeine and even use caffeine to like boost my mood and make me happy and get me excited and amped up. And, um, I just didn't really didn't understand my body, even though I was doing like what the masses were doing, you know, take this supplement, take this, you know, brain stimulant, that's going to help you focus and just all these little band-aids. But like, I was just so confused. And I think a lot of people feel confused with their own mm. bodies. Yeah. And, and sometimes with, with myself in particular, um, kind of what you were saying before with like the, the coffee stops working or the caffeine, I was a big diet Coke drinker. Like it's probably one of the worst things you can put in your body, but that was stimulating me and it was getting me through. Right. So there's, there was the caffeine bandaid, the, um, you know, my body was enjoying the bliss point of the taste and there was just so many things and then eventually just stopped working. So I doubled up on it. Totally. So then if it's like, if that is satisfying a huge need for your energy, for your mood, Mm. for making you feel good, feeling like you got some sort of reward, you know, throughout your hardworking day, like it's going to be really hard to stop using it, <laughs> you know, using yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even be convinced to stop using it. You know, that's the right. first level. Like, even if you have all the evidence and all the education and someone that right. really knows what they're talking about, you're going to kind of put up a blockade because exactly. it's, already, it's part of your system. It's part right. of your procedure already. Yeah. The, exactly. um, yeah, it was really wild uh, coming, coming off of that because there was a, so I'm just coming off another cycle of basically that. Um, where there was, there was a moment where I felt helpless because I was so, uh, I was so much in the cycle of eating trash and it was just for convenience because I was working hard and I I fell off again. And then going from, from that to healthy, even though I've done it a a million times, I know, I know what to eat, how to eat all that stuff. Like I I went blank. Mm -hmm. I was like, hold on a second. But you know, just getting, getting back into the rhythm. Once you get that third step in feel so much better. And I, I have infinitely more energy um, up at 5am. I was just telling you before I'm training for a 5k right now. Um, yeah. And it's fun to get up now. Before yeah. it was I got up, got coffee and took a nap. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna lie about it. It just happened. I was I was down. Yeah. And if you're not wanting, like, let's say mentally, you know, like I should eat healthier, I should lose weight, or I should, you know, I should do all these things. And you're not doing it. A lot of the time, it's like actually doing the deeper work of like, why, what is like, what's the benefit of me not eating healthy? Like, what am I satisfying right now? And a lot of people find that like their stress is so through the roof that they have these survival hormones that are driving them to eat like carbs and sugar Mm -hmm. because your body wants to feel like it's safe. You know, we want to feel like we need a reward or, you know, when I asked people, I, I was working with a lady who was like, I'm trying so hard to stop smoking. I know it's killing my lungs. I know what that looks like. I know how scary that is. I'm trying so hard to stop quit smoking and the information isn't scaring me enough. And I, you know, I asked her instead of like willpowering your way through it and, you know, making yourself to stop smoking, what's the benefit that you're getting out of smoking? And she was like, Oh my God, I get this. It's the one time in my day that I get a break where no one's calling like I step outside no one's asking me for anything I get this peace I get that like it's my me time no one else can touch that time and Mm -hmm. I have a reason that I have to go outside and take that time and so really that's what she's trying to satisfy it's actually not about the cigarette and so if it if you're wanting to eat healthy and you can't quite make yourself do it maybe asking yourself 
What is the benefit that I'm getting from not eating healthy and finding a way to satisfy that need? And then sometimes the food, the, the fantasy around the junk food actually just kind of goes away. Absolutely. So uh, you've done, you've done the entrepreneurial hierarchy of needs assessment with us. And um, one of the things is identify, clarify, then rectify. The only Mm. way to rectify, like once you get down to the thing that needs to be fixed, it's what pain will it relieve and what pleasure will I receive? So then you kind of like use that, that kind of that bookend to be like, oh, I, that, this is how I replace this feeling. This is how I get that joy. This is how I get that whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's hard too. Cause that's, once again, uh, that's things that we're just not taught to do. Right. And it's so, so weird. Yeah. It can feel really hard at first because Mm. you're actually like leaning into the discomfort of like, instead of just, you know, food is like the most easily accessible drug. So if you're feeling like you're stressed or you're procrastinating on something, or you're feeling bored or you're stuck in the office and you just want to grab something and it, you know, and you know that it's not aligned with what, what you're trying to do with eating healthier, like it's hard to lean into the discomfort of like, okay, my only option other than like snacking right now might be just to experience boredom and let myself experience what is it like to be bored or let myself experience what is it like to be stressed and how do I calm and nurture my nervous system without like trying to use food to be able to do that in, in place of it. Yeah. That's, um, that's one of the, one of the conversations I have with a lot of people about fear. Uh, fear doesn't necessarily mean something's bad. It just means it's foreign. And, and just recognizing that fact allows you to take the teeth out of fear, make it less threatening when you look at it that way. Um, yeah, but that's, that's a, it's a, it's a hell of a point, Gina. It's a hell of a point. So what would you suggest for people to, to kind of like start, uh, start getting into this modality? Well, I mean, if you're trying to move from taking those first steps to eating healthier, I think that it it feels like willpower unless you really, really, truly know why you want it. And you have to start with that because you're going to have times where you're like, it is so much easier to not get my groceries, to not get some healthy foods. Like, yeah, it is easier to eat snack foods and stuff. So it does take some effort. But it's really knowing like, why, why do you really want this? And then you're using like your why power instead of your willpower. You have like this ammo that when you're going to make a decision and you pause and you're like, is this aligned with what I really, really actually want? Or is it not? And you can like put that extra step. If you don't have a solid why, like if it's just like, "Ah, I just want to lose weight because I think I should, you're always going to be, when it gets hard, you're going to do it easier, you know? But if you have that like driving force behind you, when it gets hard, you'll, you'll push through. And I, I think that that is the number one, like don't move forward unless you have that, put it pen to paper, Yeah. like write it down, read it every morning so that it's at the front of your brain so that it's hard to break automatic autopilot habits. And mm-hmm. we do things over and over and over again. So when you're used to eating that same snack every single day, it's going to take a little bit of effort to break the autopilot and pause and really connect to like, why, what do you want? And why do you really want it? And then, then you're in choice. Then you're not on autopilot. You still might go for the unhealthy food, but you might actually make a different decision because you don't have these stress hormones driving your actions anymore. You can actually pause, calm your nervous system, take a few breaths, connect to your why and what you want. And then you're so much more in choice versus being controlled by an automatic response. Does that make sense? 
It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And that automatic response uh, is we're so heavily influenced and we don't, and we don't really give it enough credit Um, whether it be our gut biome or a commercial Mm -hmm. or, you know, just like uh, I listen to a lot of Pandora. So there's a lot of auditory signals. So there's certain things like the flowing of water when something's refreshing and it's like, oh, I'm thirsty now. And I, th- and I actually mm-hmm. recognize these things because I think marketing is the most fascinating thing on the planet. And it's and it, I watch myself get taken advantage of by sounds yeah. and sights, certain colors and expressions. And yeah, it's just really, really wild. Uh, but yeah, protecting ourselves from autopilot. Uh, well, and, and what's, what is so fascinating is if you can understand this one basic concept, you will have so much greater understanding of your body and have so much more compassion for why you maybe don't always feel in control of your health. And that simple concept is that like when you are in a fight or flight state, it is your body's instincts to drive you to make autopilot choices without thinking based on like junk foods, like carbs. So can I break this down for a second? What happens here? Okay. Let's do it. This is what I love. I'm actually, I'm teaching a course on this tonight because beautiful. I I love this topic because so many people don't understand this is your body's own wisdom and they're so frustrated and angry and you just need to shift perspectives on it and and you can have so much more control. So what happens is anytime your brain perceives that there is a stress and maybe it is an actual, you know, real, real life stress, maybe you're, you have a family member who's sick, or maybe you have a lot to do throughout your day, or you're getting emails, or you're getting texts, or you're getting like, whatever's happening, if your brain perceives that there's a stress, it, it turns on this whole cascade in your body, that is your body's innate wisdom to protect you for survival. So like, if you were a caveman running from a wild animal, and it's like, oh my gosh, there's a stress, it turns this mechanism on, and it shifts your body's whole physiology toward protecting you for survival. So we're not really running from wild animals anymore, Mm -hmm. typically, but our brain still perceives that there's a stress. And so when that information comes in, it sends a signal down to your adrenals and your adrenal glands, they're right above your kidneys. And their job is to release a stress. One of their jobs is to release a stress hormone, cortisol. And cortisol is that fight or flight hormone. And so you might just feel like wired or you're, you know, you're in your zone and you're focusing all day and you're going and you're going, you might not even realize that you're just like revving up stress hormones. And Mm. so stress hormones, its job is to basically do everything survival. So your heart might start beating faster. And if you know, know anyone who has a lot of stress and they have high blood pressure, you know, um, yeah. and then it shifts, like your digestion shuts down. So if you know anyone who is stressed and they get a lot of bloating or gut issues, and it's like all that blood that would be in your digestive tract for rest and digest, it leaves and it goes to your legs, to your arms, to your big muscles. It would have to run away from an animal. Fascinating. So a lot of the time we get bloating, digestive issues, acid reflux with stress, And then some other key pieces is that it's going to really completely slow down your metabolism. And that's a really good thing because if you were in a survival state, it wouldn't be a good idea to lose weight, right? Yeah, yeah. And that cortisol will actually change what area of your brain is working. So we have like our prefrontal cortex in our brain that gives us willpower, good rational thinking. A day when you wake up and you're like, I'm going to eat the salad today, you know, and it's easy to do like that's your prefrontal cortex. 
But as soon as that brain interprets that there's a stress, your prefrontal cortex dulls and your amygdala takes over. And that's like mm. your fight or flight survival brain. And its job is to dull your willpower because it's not a good survival mechanism to eat salad. It's a good survival mechanism to get calorie rich, carb rich foods for quick energy, dense energy. So we like go into like this animalistic mode where we're like sabotage, sabotage diet plan. And it creates this like automatic response. And so most people where they go wrong is they try to use willpower. And when what's stronger than willpower is our body's own instincts, right? Our mm. animalistic instincts, that's stronger than willpower because it's survival. Yeah. So then people give in and then they beat themselves up and they're like, dang it, why did I do that? I swore I was gonna like eat healthy now. So the key here is not to keep falling for this trap and to go into the same cycle and to try to like head to head willpower your own instincts. Instead, you want to use techniques to calm your nervous system, bring those stress hormones down so that you're a lot more resilient when things are going on and you're not in that like animalistic like state. Then all mm. of a sudden cravings naturally come down. You're using your prefrontal cortex. You can think more rationally. You have better willpower um, and you're not like being controlled. A lot of people feel like they're being controlled when they sabotage their healthy eating and they just can't do it. Does that make sense? It, it it does. It does. So so hold on. Let me like I'm gonna I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna say it back to you to see how much I of this I actually got. Got it. No, not in exactly all those yes. terms, but it sounds like your body when you when you get a stress response, uh, your body kind of triages blood to protect it, the the larger uh, muscles, so their ability to respond to what's happening get get filled, and then when you, your yeah. stomach and everything else yep. kind of kind of loses its ability to function as it normally would. Yeah. And then we start getting wrong signals. Right. I mean, it basically shifts from this really awesome, like rest and digest where you're like, you're digesting your food. You have a good metabolism. You have enough hormones. You actually, your body is safe enough to want to reproduce and have sex. And all of a mm. sudden it shifts to the survival state. And your sex hormones drop. So it's like, no, no, your body isn't safe enough to reproduce. And oh, no, we're not digesting food and resting. You're in fight or flight. And, you know, we can't lose weight right now. We need to shut down metabolism and we need to increase cravings. And then all of a sudden you're like, why don't I feel like myself? And why, why mm. am I doing things that are not serving me and my health? And I don't understand because my brain wants to have control, but something, it feels like something else is controlling me. Right. Cause then there's the, I had the conversation between the logical and physiological. Like I'm always yeah, like, I should right. not be eating this burrito. Right. Why am I doing this? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> and it's, yeah, so and it's it, really it happens a lot. Knowing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it, mm -hmm. it's kind of weird because like, you know, I got wetware, right? Like our old software, we're running an old software right now. Um, I, I guess, I guess in your, in your experience, can practice. I know education alone can't do it. Right. So it has to right. be like education over time creates the experience um, or education plus action over time equals the experience, yeah. I should say. Um, is there anything else in that formula mm -hmm. that would, that would help solidify these actions? Because I'm, yes. I'm a pretty disciplined human being, but I fall off all the time. I'm human. Right. Holidays happen. Yeah. I get stressed right. the F out, like all kinds of things coming up, try and hijack me. Right. So the key here is it 
the goal is not about you reaching perfection and holding it there. Cause that's not like, you'll always be disappointed and it's just setting yourself up for, yeah. Like we all want to experience life. And, and sometimes like we ebb and flow with how on it we are and how off of it we are. But what is so important is that you are always in choice and that you know your body and that you're not being driven by a craving or you're, or you're trying to like patchwork your energy with caffeine or like we never want you to feel like you're not in choice. So it's okay if you choose, hey, it's a holiday. I want to have grandma's pie and whatever. Like that's yeah. totally fine. But you want to be in choice of it and in control and have that empowerment from the inside out. So we don't do that by forcing and willpowering rules. That's, I, gosh, I worked with clients for years and I kept giving them goals and accountability and meal plans and they just felt these frustrating cycles. So I don't give people meal plans anymore. I don't give them Mm -hmm. rules. I don't give them regulations. I don't do it anymore because it doesn't actually work. What I do is I train them how to listen to their body and uh, what it's communicating. So when throughout the day, they're learning how to calm their nervous system and connect and get curious with their body. So what I encourage everyone to do is see yourself like a research project before you start bashing yourself and shaming yourself. It's like, we all are, we, it's your innate instincts. Like, come on, let's not bash your instincts, you know? And So it's really like looking at yourself as a research project, like, okay, let me see what's going on here. Let me figure me out. What are my patterns? What are my, you know, what are these things that are triggering these responses in my body? And when they shift away from like the shame and guilt of not knowing their bodies and feeling in control to like, okay, I'm going to get curious here. I want to know myself like a research project and look at it and figure it out and try things and now they create empowerment from the inside out. They're willing to experience their body and what it's telling, what it's communicating, and they get really good at it. And you Mm. can think of it almost as like learning to play an instrument. If you were taught your whole life to like eat in front of the TV when you were a kid, like if you ate dinner in front of the TV, you're probably going to eat while you work at the same time. And it just creates disconnection from your body and you can't listen to what it's telling you that you're full, you're not full. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like learning how to eat again. You're learning, you're rewiring maybe 30, 40 years of how you learn to eat, how you learn to communicate with your body. And it's like playing a new instrument. So you're going to start off by probably pretty gently checking in with yourself. Like what's going on? What is my experience? And a lot of people have never done that before to just actually get out of their brain and make it a point to start checking in with their body and asking like, what is going on right now? How am I doing? What does my body need to communicate to me? And once you open up those floodgates, boy, your body will really start communicating to you like what it's been needing. Yeah. You practice one of your most powerful tools that you can use is to practice using your breath. And when we're stressed and we're holding our breath, it's triggering that cortisol response. It's putting you in that survival state. But when you take some big breaths, oh, like really fill up your lungs, you feel those stress hormones come down and you can feel yourself go from up in your head and like sink into your body. And that's where your power is. That's where like knowing yourself and your power really is. So research shows that three deep breaths will start to bring down your cortisol, your stress hormones. 
So I usually have people when they're, when they are feeling disconnected from their bodies, they start with taking three deep breaths and then it brings those stress hormones down. And then all of a sudden the cravings kind of settle and they start to move from like autopilot to like just grabbing something to like being connected to their body and getting curious. Is this what I really Mm -hmm. want right now? Is this like what, how is this going to make my body feel? Is this aligned with my why and what I really want? And you start creating space. Right. You start dilating time in a sense where your, your, your body's not leaning forward in a sense. It's, it's yeah. closer to stillness. Exactly. And you're not yeah. being so driven by your brain and your instincts, just mm-hmm. grabbing something. And, you know, you might be in the place where you check in with your body and you're like, yeah, I get it. Like I should be eating the salad right now, but I just really want to eat this burrito (laughs) and and that's okay. And and so then lean in and ask yourself, great, what is this burrito doing for me? Okay. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's giving me a piece of pleasure in my day that I have not had the entire day. Then we can start asking like, how else do I get that pleasure? How else do I fulfill that need? What do I really need right now? On exactly that point, I'm telling you less than an hour ago. So tonight I'm going to a friend's house and I'm introducing her to uh, Miracle Fruit. Are you familiar? No. What's a Miracle Fruit? Oh, Miracle Fruit's the best. So Miracle Fruit is, um, it's a, it's a berry. Um, most of the time it comes in tablet form, but you eat it. And what it does is kind of hijack your taste buds and switches sour to sweet. So I was really, getting, yeah. So I was getting a kombucha, uh, Sour Patch Kids. Oh, lemon. Oh, and there was another one too that I can't remember off the top of my head. It's so fun. She's going to totally bug out. I was like, please don't research this before I come over. It's, it's so, so much fun. That's interesting. Oh, it's so much fun. It's so so it's actually, so it's a food that you, it's a. Yeah. It's an actual berry. So the berry itself, I believe it was back in the forties was outlawed because it was used as a sweetener in low doses. It doesn't actually create that, that hijack. Um, and the sugar, the U S government was like, no, thanks. Like the sugar industry is way too powerful. Right. And I'm not trying to like get into conspiracy theories or anything like right. that, but they no, really were it. like, Hey, yeah. this is, this is, this is a foundational, uh, industry that we need to protect. Um, so it kind of went off the market and over the last maybe 10 years, it's kind of come back as a, as a fun little, little thing to do. Wow. Um, I think they do offer it as a sweetener. Um, it kind of tastes like monk fruit in a sense. Mm-hmm. I want to check um, that out. That's really interesting. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, How yeah. I'll, I'll send you a picture of the, the, okay. the packaging. Okay, um, great. Anyway, point, point being was while I was there, <clears throat> I was not hungry at all. But just being there, I had to take a moment and be like, I, I don't want this food that's around me. Because mm-hmm. there's there's just, there's a little refrigerator and it has oh. all the, like the eggs all displayed. And I'm like, I, I want to eat something, but I really didn't. So I had to like have that conversation with self. It's like, Hey man, Hey Tim, you're really not that hungry. Yeah. And, and there's, there's just, there's different aspects of getting to know yourself. And part of it is being really honest with checking in of like, mm-hmm. am I really hungry? What do I really need? And, and getting to know, like, is it stress hormones that are driving these cravings? And also I think a piece that some people really miss is like, you can get some data for yourself too. Like, there, there's the aspect of the mindfulness of asking, what do I really need? But then also like, if you want to get to know yourself deeper, start learning about yourself, get some data, do like some lab testing and really be like, the, be in the driver's seat with your health. Because 
it can get so confusing and, and nobody is going to care as much as you really can to, to really understand your body. That's such an amazing point too. Yeah. Cause one size does not fit all. No, you know, it, it doesn't. We're, we're, we're such unique creatures. Um, and I, I don't think we give ourselves the credit that we deserve in that sense. Yeah. Uh, stepping back a couple, uh, a couple steps. Um, I just want to talk a little bit more about the unlearning of self. Um, it's really difficult growing up the way I grew up in an Italian household when it Me came to too. food too much, too much was just enough. And if you right. didn't, and if you didn't eat, um, it, it was kind of offensive, not offensive, like, but it was, right. it bothered someone because yeah. their generation, they didn't have food now that they I have can never food, tell my grandpa, no, I'm serious. fine. Like I'm not eating gluten pasta. <laughs> that yeah, right. would not have been a right. thing. Right. Right. And then, yeah, even uh, a few years ago, I was, uh, I went to India for a wedding, but we did like this, this nine hour uh, road trip North and we were meeting all these relatives on the way. Every step we were having tea and something to eat. And it was like, like my eyes were about to pop out of my head. I was just like, I can't take anything else in, but I couldn't say no. I couldn't say no. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, and um, so bringing that back, like I had to actually unlearn those habits. Like I, I thought that that's what you're supposed to feel like after you're eating, you're supposed to feel like you need to take a nap. So I had it all wrong and I didn't, I didn't even have the resources at the time to, Mm -hmm. to, to know better, to unlearn it. And that's some people, you know, they read an article on like, oh, well, I heard that, you know, you should only, you know, do this or eat that or, or intermittent fast. And, and then they're really struggling. And it's like, well, how many years of your life have you learned how to do that? And let's say you're two years old and you're not allowed or three or five, and you're not allowed to leave the dinner table until you're done eating until your plate is completely empty. And that's training. That is training you. Like that's when you're, when your mind is, you know, very moldable and we're learning at that age, like how to eat and what it trains us to do is like, actually don't trust your body. Don't listen to your hunger. If a kid says I'm done and a parent says, no, you can't leave until your food is gone. You're training them. Don't listen to your hunger. Use your eyes to watch all the food. And when the food is gone, that's when you're done. And so, so many people beat themselves up and they're like, oh, I just, I'm so bad with portion control. I just can't Mm -hmm. stop. And it's like, yeah, you learned that probably when you were three. And yeah. And then that was it throughout life. That's how you learned. And so that doesn't mean we want to keep that habit, but it can take dedicated practice. So when people say I'm not good at it, it's like, yep, this is a new skill that of course um, that has to be practiced. <laughs> yeah, of course yeah. you're not good at it. Yeah. And and you actually need to dedicate like this is my mindful eating practice of where I'm going to practice eating, checking in, eating, checking in, and it might not look good at first. It might be really hard. And it's just a practice that gets better better like learning how to play an instrument, but And I think that's the thing is actually dedicating time to say like, this is my practice. It's a skill. I have to sharpen that knife. Yeah. Yeah. And even tracking as much of a pain in the ass it is, that's the only way you can truly be objective. Uh, You know, our memory will fool us. It'll be, it'll be clouded by what we want it to feel and think, but if we actually have, Hey, this is what I've been doing versus this. And these are the results that coincide with it. That that's, that's truth. You know, and then we can't, we can't even argue with it because then we're seeing like every day, every day for the last two weeks, I've been weighing myself in the morning. And even though it sucks to go to the gym in the morning, I'm seeing results, even if they're small yeah. and it's like, and it's empowering me. So it allows you to do the harder, easier. 
Yeah. And I think it's just having the mindset that all of this is practice and it's like, it's, it's like prepping for game day. So I love to have people actually practice Mm -hmm. calming their nervous system and connecting their body in the morning. And that helps them prepare for cravings in the afternoon. If you're waiting until game day to shoot your first, first basket, like you're going to suck at it. It's not going to be mm-hmm. good. So a lot of the time you're I ask people, yeah, you're off the team. So when, when it's every once in a blue moon, you know, one of my clients come to me and they're like, I just, I don't know why I keep giving into my cravings or I keep overeating. And I'm like, how are you doing practicing? You know, when it's not game day and they're like, Ooh, I'm not. And then they get back on practicing and it's like, okay, I can do this. And it's like a skill that you're learning. Yeah. And, and another, another like weird uh, paradigm shift that I, that I had personally is, and this is actually something I teach. I teach time types. I'm not going to get into that right now, but like what we do normally uh, is think about a day, not all the moments that take up the day. So because of that, we don't treat the day as if it has moments and we don't take these micro decisions and it just, we just barrel roll through and we, we just cling to whatever is normal. Right. Yeah. But it, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a wild, wild world. It's a wild, wild world that we're trying to, <laughs> trying to learn and unlearn. Um, do you yeah. think that there's any, um, any myths when it comes to what is healthy and what is not healthy? Um, I was having a conversation about this the other day and like the things that come to my head um, and, and that's, that's, I guess what's healthy and what's not healthy is, is I guess a matter of who you are. That could be one right. thing. And, um, it, so for instance, like green, uh, 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 bell peppers, if I eat too many of them, I, my body aches, apparently they're inflammatory. I would have never thought about that. I'm like, some green, people are sensitive, go. right? Yeah. 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 That that's such a great question. And it brings us back to knowing your body. And I just, just this morning, I, uh, I'm on a group text with some dietitian friends and one of them sent out a text and was like, what do you guys think about this debate on caffeine and coffee? And is it good? Is it bad? One minute you hear it's great. One minute you hear it's terrible. And I think that where it gets confusing is there are certain gene types that when they, when they do gene testing, coffee is actually protective against cardiovascular incidents, Mm -hmm. but people with different gene types could be neutral or it could be negative. It could actually have an adverse effect on cardiovascular health. So that's where people are like, is it a myth? Because I hear this, I hear that, and I'm hearing different sides of it. Who is right? And sometimes there is that. Sometimes there's just like, that's not true. (laughs) Um, But a lot of the time it gets confusing because we have different sensitivities. We have different makeup of our gut microbiome that reacts to our food differently. We have, you know, our immune systems might react to foods differently. Uh, we have different genetic types that uh, do influence how we eat and, and what our bodies do based on that. So it does make it confusing. I, I think sometimes it's doing your best to like, look at what is the current data out there and, you know, find resources that you, that you know, and that you trust and wait until they get excited and share about it on their stories yep. Yep, yep, <laughs> and, yep, then, uh, and then do the best to get to know your body. This is, this is really about you knowing your body. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, ooh, I think it was 23 and me back in the day. Yeah. Uh, they offered, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but there was predictive uh, health risks, I think right. is how you would say it. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they've since stopped that, but I think they're starting to reintroduce it. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any 
any measurement tools or anything like that yeah. that you could suggest? Yeah, so it depends on what you're looking for. So one of the favorite, one of my favorite labs that I really love running is um, it, it helps you dial in your nutrients. And this is really important because mm. I love this lab because doctors don't do this kind of test because it's not diagnostic for a disease, but there are key nutrients that your mitochondria need to be able to make energy. So if you are driving off of caffeine and you are feeling in the slumps and nothing is working, it is so important to look at what key nutrients are you missing that maybe we can actually look at your mitochondria and see if they're, they're slowing down and being able to take your calories and create energy. So that's a really great way to know your body. Uh, we need so many of these nutrients to protect our DNA, for our bodies to function, for our mitochondria to function. It's just a really great way to dial that in. Um, so there are ways that you can test like your mitochondria. And then like you're saying, like um, it really, any kind of labs are always really useful. Get at least your, at least get your basic lab panel from your doctor. So you can see like how am I doing? Do I, do I have some high inflammation? How do I control my blood sugar? And you can start to be your own detective. Um, genetics can be really helpful. What I don't like about some genetics is like 23andMe or like some of the direct to consumer, what they do is they pull out one gene in isolation and they look at that one gene and they're kind of like, here's what we think. But the truth is genetics all work. We want to look at the bigger picture. And I'm not even a geneticist. I don't do big in-depth uh, gene panels. There's some right. that you can look at that are helpful for health individually, but some of them, they kind of pull it in isolation and it, you can kind of like make some conclusions and, and dial in your health a little bit, but um is when you really, when you really hear like a geneticist talk about our genes and how complex it is and how many genes like influence each other and yeah. um, how complex it really is. It's like, okay, you know, it, that gene is cute, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You kind of, you kind of see like the little at home kids that are like, okay, there, there's some information. It, it might be a little bit helpful, but um, genes are interesting. Genes are uh I think that they're a bigger monster than what we make it out to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I like to use the word cute because it, it's so funny because we think we're so educated on it yet. And I really think we just, just scratched the surface yeah. you know, for so many reasons, just for the idea that we don't even know how to, why genes fully express when they do sometimes. Right. Um, so yeah, many like factors. Even, and yeah, it's, so, and, and so it's not that it, and it's totally not that gene testing isn't useful there. There's plenty of applications where gene testing is really useful, but yeah. um, it, it can, it can be a very easy starting point to start getting to know yourself. If you want like lab data, it can be a really, mm -hmm. it, it can be useful to get like a starting point. Um, but like a more robust gene panel in like working with a geneticist, like that's how you, I think you get a lot more, you know, information, a lot, lot deeper digging. Yeah. Now <laughs> when, when uh, I'm going to step away from the genes, cause I I'm way out of my league with that for a second. It, it's um, honestly, it's even a bit out of my league. I don't do a whole, I know like the basic, you know, basic mm -hmm. gene testing, but beyond that, it's, it's a whole nother field. Yeah, I might as well be talking about the solar system at that point. <laughs> um, um, when it comes to, uh, so we've covered diet, right? Um, diet is obviously important. Um, 
exercise is, is obviously very important as well. Um, have you, in your experience, is there a, a, a base level of exercise that everybody should have? Um, I know, I know there's been versions of this answer for years. Yeah. Um, so there's the cardiovascular and, uh, um, Oh, I can't think of it. Strength training. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Aerobic exactly. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I think Anaer- they yeah, all anaerobic, play. Yeah. yeah, like they all play a really important role. And um, I'm my background is not in exercise physiology. So I'm sure that there's somebody who could really give more solid recommendations. But I mean, they, the different types of activity play such an important role in our health. And even something as much as just moving our bodies and walking is like so beneficial. Yeah. And when you actually look at, what small amounts of activity make a big impact. And we do want exercise. We do want like the strength training so important for our metabolism Mm. and our muscle and the cardiovascular is so good for our heart and stretching is so important to keep your joints healthy. Um, But even what's interesting is like, if you wear a blood glucose monitor and you watch your blood sugar spike, even just doing a walk after eating, like a brisk walk can really bring down blood sugar. So sometimes we get stuck in our head. Yeah. Sometimes we get so stuck in our head that like, if I can't do the killer 60 minute hit workout or something, it's not worth it. But when you actually look at like your blood sugar and you monitor it, um, it's kind of becoming a newer thing. That's becoming mm-hmm. more available to, to the public. I think right now it's mainly, you know, diabetics, but they're starting to make blood glucose monitors more available to people. And it's very, it's so eye-opening. It's so eye-opening how easy your blood sugar will spike when you're sitting and how effective it is to just go for a brisk walk to bring it down and let those muscles Mm. pull that sugar in and burn it up as energy. And if we keep that blood sugar spike just from sitting, we get inflammation, our body stores fat. It's like all of, all of the issues that we're trying to fight off. So don't underestimate the power of small movements throughout the day. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you don't have time or the energy, like even a brisk walk is like, can really support your body so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big stroller. I love Oh, walking. me too. I, yeah. It's <laughs> like, it just, it puts everything back in place. Um, I'm a fan of meditation too, but I really get a lot of benefit from just walking around, listening to the birds or listening to nothing, you know, just being in the dead of, of, uh, dead silence of the woods. And you know Um, that, um, there's research that shows that being outside and exposure to sunlight brings down stress hormone, your cortisol levels. Mm. So maybe you're like, Oh, who cares if I go for this 15 minute walk, am I really going to burn the calories? But really you might be bringing down stress hormones, burning up some of that blood sugar and Mm. And then you go back into your work day and all of a sudden your cravings are lower. You feel more calm. Your body's feeling a little bit better can really help. Yeah. Yeah. And it works in combination with each other and symphony with each other, I should say. Yes. Yeah. So it's not just the, the, however many calories you're going to burn. It's the whole, the kind of like holistic approach of, of taking care of that body and that mind. Taking care um, of that body. Taking care of that body. It's the only one we got. It's the well, only now, one you got. For now. Yeah, <laughs> for right. now. We're going to have replacement parts pretty soon. You know, we got CRISPR coming right. out. <laughs> yeah, we so. could uh, we, we could totally go go into part two where we then talk about the solar system and the afterlife uh-huh. and, you know, when you come back in a new body and, and AI and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I was actually, uh, I was listening to, so I follow this neuroscientist on, uh, on TikTok. I, I just started on TikTok, but I actually found good people on TikTok. They're super interesting. I haven't been on there. I haven't, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm just going to get hooked in, sucked into it. it yeah. Same, same. <laughs> Cause when I, when I did it before it was like, it was just all silly. I'm like, yo, is this just giant lip sync battle? Like what's happening here? Right. And now there's like solid content. Uh, but one of the things he said that blew my mind is, and it really has nothing to do with our conversation, but um, that our, <laughs> that that we actually, so plants actually scream when they're cut down, but we can't hear them. So we are, our, um, our relationship to them is totally different because we don't understand this fact. And I was I like, I feel so bad about what? eating them. That's exactly, I was telling someone this other day too. We're all just sitting there all bummed out. I'm like, sorry, sorry guys. I didn't mean to bring this up. Oh my gosh. And other interesting fact is like to really, when, when we're talking about like trusting your body's own wisdom of like what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat a squirrel before it ever has its first winter, a squirrel will go gather nuts and go hide them for the winter. And Hmm. if you think if that squirrel was logical, like just like we do with ourselves, like I shouldn't be eating that because somebody told me and we disregard what our body's telling us. Like if a squirrel was like, this doesn't make sense. I can eat nuts anytime that I want. They're all here. It would actually die. Like it would, it would go extinct. Yeah. So it listens to its, its own instincts to go hide all the little things that it gathers. It's food for the winter. And so like all animals have that wisdom and we have that wisdom too. We just learn to not trust it because we're like, oh, these rules tell me to don't eat that. And so anyways, I know that we don't all, you know, we're not all like nutrition experts, but, and it's okay to use resources, but maybe give yourself a little bit of credit too, for leaning in and listening to your body's wisdom. Yeah. I'd probably, I'd guess that that's the hardest part is trusting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but sometimes we form the wrong concept of trust. We're triggered off of stress hormones Mm. and then we give in and we're like, I don't trust myself. And it's like, well, of course you don't. You're fighting your body's own instincts. It's like our our idea of trust is actually wrong. When you relearn like, oh, my body's actually trying to communicate to me. I have a food craving because my body is communicating to me that we need something. Mm -hmm. Then you're building, you're actually building trust in a whole new way. Yeah. And, um, you know, extrapolating that even farther, sometimes like, you know, I'm, I'm almost 40 years old at this point. And when I was 18, certain things worked a lot better. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? I could get away with a lot more. So the trust I had for myself was slightly inaccurate. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's a different ball game. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so the, um, is there anything new that you're learning that that's just totally driving you wild? That's just super fascinating. Mm. I was saying before that you're one of the very few people that I get value from in social media. Oh, and I just totally, you. just totally geek out. And I don't even know what the hell you're talking about half the time. No. I'll watch the charts <laughs> and I'll listen. <laughs> I, I love, I love geeking out on things. Um, I think some of the funnest things that I love learning about is Um, There are certain foods, this is, this could be a whole other topic for another day, but there are certain foods that will speed up or slow down our body's detox, which is just so interesting that you can look at 
you can look at different compounds. I was looking at a chart this morning of like different compounds in different foods that will speed up, you know, your liver's detox or slow it down. And it's so cool to actually see studies that show that these foods do that. And it's so amazing to see the power of what food does that you're like, doesn't matter. Why am I eating this broccoli? And you can see that it actually is speeding up your liver's ability to detox certain things. And you start to see the power that like food is medicine. Yeah. And, um, um, what else was I, I recently learning that I was like, Oh, wow, that's so cool. Um, gosh, just, I, you know, I love learning more about mitochondria. One thing I think is one thing I recently learned that is so fascinating I love learning about mitochondria because those are the, the powerhouse of your cell. They take your food and they create mm -hmm. energy. And what's so cool that I didn't know about these mitochondria is this isn't really a useful tool. You can't do anything about this, but here's just <laughs> something interesting that if a cell is struggling and its mitochondria is struggling, another cell can come over and actually release from the inside of its cell, release its own mitochondria and give it to another cell to like help that cell survive. Like it's, it's called like mitochondrial, like oh. translocation or something that it was like, it's like a recent discovery that they, that they saw these free floating mitochondria in the bloodstream. And it like leaves one cell and it like goes into another one to try to like save another cell. It's just fascinating. You know, we're aliens. We're all hundred percent aliens. That is so crazy. Isn't that, that is wild? So crazy. The, the, the signaling that's happening in our bodies all of the time and the nutrients that can actually make things happen in our bodies is it's so beautiful. It's amazing that our food can really be medicine. Yeah. It, it's a big trip. It's a big trip when you really like go into it and you start realizing that like, Oh, the only reason I'm alive is because I'm consuming these things and these things mm -hmm. have little, little pebbit, pebbles of nutrition or nutrients rather that keep me alive. And there's this whole cycle and it, yeah. Yeah. It's a head trip. It's quite a trip. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's always fun to learn more about what's coming out with the gut microbiome. Like that's, there's so much, that's the solar system. There's so much uncharted territory there, Yeah. but to see like what types of foods bacteria will ferment to create these little messages. Mm -hmm. And then they send these little messages up to our brain and then tell our brain what to do. So yeah. it's so interesting. And now they're like, considering the gut maybe as the first brain because it's actually creating messages in your gut to sure. go up to your brain. And so just all of that research that's coming out is so interesting. If there's anything that you could do to influence that, eat a good wide variety of vegetables, try and get in lots of different ones. And you're going to create lots of different types of like messages in your gut, good messages mm -hmm. from those bacteria. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so what is, what's your take on multivitamins? I've been dying to, to kind of get someone's real thoughts on this. Not opinion. Yeah. Uh, quality does make a difference. So when you go to your doctor and this is what most people do, they go to their doctor and they're like, what do you think about multivitamins? And their doctor's like, eh, you pee most of it out. It doesn't really work. And so like a doctor's specialty is not to look for quality vitamins because they're, they're saving lives, right? They're, they're mm -hmm. trying to like save people with medications. So, and, and I do agree with that, that if you go to your local, you know, not saying any names, but like you go to your local generic store or grocery store and you buy your multivitamin, it's not their specialty and they're going to be cheap vitamins 
and you might piece some of them out. And some in fact can actually be harmful to your body. Sometimes mm. people come to me and they're like, Hey, this is what I'm taking for supplements. What do you think? And I'm like, yeah, no wonder why you're having gut issues. This, this form of the vitamin is cheap and it's irritating to the lining of the gut or this is not based on, you know, what you want. And it's probably actually making your anxiety worse. And mm. so I think that there's a big issue with low quality vitamins and one, them not being effective and two, sometimes actually being harmful. So I like to think of it as like a moving target. So you don't want to just blanket statement supplements. Everyone should be taking an, an omega-3. Well, let's like, let's take a look here because you don't know what my omega-3 levels are. I don't know what your yeah. omega-3 levels are. So we can start to investigate. So when somebody says, should I take an omega-3? First, I might start off with looking at like symptoms and say like, or, or, or lifestyle. Are you eating salmon or sardines? So, you know, some of the best sources of omega-3s. Are you eating those at least two times a week? If our answer is no, I can pretty much guess they're not, they don't have good omega levels. And if they're willing to work those foods in cool, let's work those foods in. If they're not, I have plenty of people who are like salmon and sardines. It'll never happen for me. Okay. You might be a really good candidate for a fish oil. If you really want to dial it in, you can test your omega three levels and really dial it in and see, am I getting the good anti-inflammatory EPA DHA that I should be getting in the right levels and the right amounts. Um, so labs are always helpful to dial it in, but I understand that everybody wants to do labs. So it's all, it should all be based around you. And when, when we're using supplements, I like to use them therapeutically. If someone has a health condition and we want to try to support and maybe move the needle, mm -hmm. or if just for good general health, you want to take a multivitamin, that's fine, but go with a company that does testing on they get a third party, they pay money, they pay a lot of money to have a non-biased third, third party come in, test and say, yes, everything that they say in this product is what's actually in there. Cause you could, supplements aren't regulated. It could be full of rice. Yeah, like, right. Proprietary flour. blend is, exactly. a, is a huge word. Yeah. There was a documentary, exactly. uh, bigger, stronger, faster. It's the name of the documentary. Um, the guy, yes, I saw that. Supplements. Yes. And it was like, man, fascinating. Yeah. And it was, it was just, it scared the hell out of me. It scared the right. hell out of me. Yeah. So um, number one, it's like, don't buy stuff just online or from the, it doesn't matter if it has a well-known name. A lot of the time, the well-known names, they test them and they're sometimes the fish oil is rancid and you're supplementing toxic rancid mm -hmm. oils, or it's contaminated with mercury. You don't want fish oil that has mercury in it. So you want to go with a, a really reputable company. I only use practitioner grade supplements. And what mm -hmm. that means is a supplement company will only sell to a healthcare practitioner who can then dial it in for their patients or their clients, um, bodies and give a science-based recommendation. Like your body needs this, your body needs this. Um, okay. I mean, and not always, I don't only use practitioner grades. Sometimes I, I mean, pretty much I do. <laughs> I, I was actually, I was thinking, I was like, when's the last time I've ever bought a supplement from a grocery store. And it's not that there are no good quality products in mm -hmm. grocery stores. You know, some people are like, what about like a whole foods because they have natural products. And, um, it's possible, but I just, I don't know. It's, yeah, they it's, a, might, it's a foggy mess. Like they it, might it, not. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I only work with companies who like they actually do testing and they show that, yes, we are approved that what we what is in here is what we say is in here. And they do a lot of research or they will pull the latest research articles and provide those studies and say, based on this study, this is the most absorbable form of this nutrient. So that's why we formulated this product in this way. And I can mm. look at the study and say, that makes sense. And it was not funded and it's unbiased. And you know, so there's a huge difference where a lot of the time generic multivitamins, your centrum, your basic low quality multivitamin has cheap ingredients. It's poorly absorbed. Yeah. And, and, you know, going back to what we were talking about in the very beginning with, with marketing, the, the verbiage that's actually used is super tricky, super tricky. And I know people that have been duped and then you look, you looked at the ingredients and it's like, no, 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 no. No, it's a precursor or, or something of that nature. It's yeah. not actually what you think it is. Yeah. So I think when it comes to vitamins, like a good, maybe you're like, Hey, can I do a multivitamin is like my security blanket of like filling in the blanks and you can yeah. do that. Um, just trust like the source of where you're getting it from or ask somebody who, who is an expert who knows that, you know, I'm not going to go and try and figure out how to change the oil in my car. Like that's why we have health experts yeah. who, who actually look at the research. And, and if you can, if you're taking a handful of supplements, because you heard that they're great to do, like maybe, you know, ask, why am I taking these? Does my body actually need it or does it not? Yeah. And you know, general rule that I kind of have, that I think is a pretty damn good rule is if it goes in or on my body, I want testing. Mm, I want some kind of regulatory commission. (laughs) That's just like, you're good. You know, it might be the wrong levels, but that's where we have professionals like you. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just, that's just a blanket rule that I. And I know have. it's so confusing. Like it, it's definitely not the sexy thing that people want to hear. Like when I say, you don't really know, you know, find out from somebody you trust. A lot of people are like, just give me the answer. Give me the, you know, what, do I, what's the one thing that I do and, you know, give me the answer. But unfortunately it, it, it has become a very confusing industry because there is marketing and, and there isn't a lot of regulation. And so that's why it is important to feel confident with like the information and, and who you're trusting and, and get, have good resources, you know? Yeah. And, you know, in a conversation we have with a mutual, I, I had with a mutual friend, uh, Rob Searson, um, he, mm. he, the, the takeaway was basically honoring yourself. Don't get f- too frustrated with the, the speed that you want the answer, you know, be, be honoring yourself in the sense that you, it's worth the wait. Yeah. It's worth the wait, man. <laughs> like right. just, yeah, just accept it and embrace it and mm-hmm. try and make it an adventure. You know, it is Do it it's with such someone. a journey. It's yeah. such a journey of just, understanding ourselves we are complex we are complex organisms you know so seeing it is you don't have to have every answer but you are your own research project and the more that you know the more in control and empower you can be over your body yeah. instead of just guessing yeah and and i think a key takeaway is that you are in control believe it or not you are in control sometimes it may yeah. not feel that way but yeah yeah it's your hand on your steering wheel Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, cool. Any, any final thoughts? I mean, I, I loved, I loved what you said just to wrap it up is that you, you really are in control and you have a right to know your body and, and be find that power that you have inside yourself. And, and that's where you find that power. Like you have power in knowing yourself and know yourself from the inside out and take, you know, taking the time to 
pause and embrace those quiet moments where you can listen to what your body is telling you and getting curious and asking, why am I getting cravings? Why am I sabotaging my diet? Why is my energy off? And really getting curious with your body and then getting support when you don't understand and to do, you, know, you have a right to know your body and yeah. feel confident with it. Yeah. Don't quit. Don't quit on yourself. Don't quit. Don't, quit. don't throw in the <laughs> towel. This. Don't go into this. one doctor's appointment and where they say, you're fine. We don't know. You know, you're fine. I see so many people who are so frustrated where they're like, I feel like crap. I feel like garbage, but mm -hmm. you know, I see my doctor and they're like, you're in good health. You're great. And they send you on your way. Like, don't take that as an answer. Like, don't give up that you are your most valuable asset. Yeah. So to that note, I, when I was younger, uh, I had major, major stomach issues and it was just always hurting. And I went to a gastroenterologist and he deduced, I need to stop eating fibrous foods and stop eating uh, broccoli. I was like his big thing, stop eating so much broccoli. I'm like, okay, well, less than a year later, I was in the hospital and I had to get a bowel resection with three wow. inches of my bowel removed because what was actually happening was um, I had an appendectomy in the scar tissue had wrapped around and severed my small intestine. <gasps> so Whoa. he was just like, just flipping through pages of a book. He's like, you're good, man. You're good. And I'm like, I promise you, I'm not good. There's sir. something. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let, I hope, let that be a lesson to anybody. Don't, don't just take, yeah. Don't just take it. When you know, answers. if your body is telling you, if no. your body is speaking to you, like yeah. don't give up, get more opinions, get more resources, like don't give yeah. up on your body. And, and I would even, I would even go further to say, especially when it comes to pain, yeah. you know, we all let like the pain scale is one of those silly things. Um, but we, we kind of need, we, we have to use the smiley face scale because yeah. no one's pain is relative to each other's. You know, there's no way to be like, Hey, does this hurt you as much as I do? There's no way to measure that. Yeah. Um, and, and to also not yeah. let, let the little pains become the norm, like being tired. And we're like, Oh, well, we're all tired. We all need caffeine or like, these are things that your body's telling you that something's not working optimally. Yeah. And while we dump so many resources and things into making sure our businesses function optimally, like you are your most valuable resource. And so yeah. if things are slightly off, like you're, you're maybe you've been feeling depressed or you you're, you're getting bloating or you're feeling exhausted or you're feeling like your metabolism is stuck or you have brain fog. Like all of these are things that like your body's communicating to you. Something's not optimal and to not settle mm. for that is like, that's just the norm. That's just how we, it's common, but it's not normal. Yeah. And yeah. you could feel so, so much better. Yep. Yep. And it, and it's, it's so cool on the other side. Yeah. And yeah. It's, um, it's worth it. Yeah. Gina, I, as always, you blow my mind. Uh, I oh. love, I love having you here. Uh, oh, I think there's going to be a couple more episodes where we, where we go and conquer some more things. We, we totally could. We could talk about the, the gut and the solar system and mm -hmm. not the solar system, but, <laughs> and beyond uh, and beyond. Yep. <laughs> Thanks so much, so Tim. Cool. I appreciate it. Thanks, Gina. Thank you again for joining us. And if you like what we're doing with the entrepreneurial hierarchy of needs and want to show your support, the best way to show some love is to subscribe and leave us an honest review. We also have a Facebook group where we continue these types of conversations and so much more for all of our continued growth. I can't wait to see you in there.